in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the frightening Glenn Stansberry. Frightening? It's that time of year, Glenn. Oh, yeah. We only have have one more podcast probably before, uh, you know, uh, Halloween. Mm -hmm. My big Halloween party that I'm really looking forward to seeing you at and your costume and all that stuff. Okay. I don't know how to tell this. I don't know how to break this to you. But I might. Is this about my party? No, it's about me. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll cool. be out of the country for your your party. I don't. You're still coming though, right? You're going to take a flight back, uh, or a boat, or a train. Can you take a train, maybe across mm, Alaska or something? Then I'll be in Russia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Brian. I'm 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 sad to say that the streak will end. Wow. I won't be at your Halloween party this year, which is a huge bummer. It really is because it really is. that's hard to take. Um, that's something we look forward to every year. And not that much, apparently. Well, y- you're right. If, if in in terms of hierarchy of uh, you know life goals, mm-hmm. my party's up there. Okay, it's I see very you're close to going okay. to Europe uh-huh. and Spain. Uh-huh. So right, um, but but we will be celebrating Halloween in in London, London town, London, t- and we'll be celebrating Guy Fox Day. Oh, which would be fun. We'll that be there for the fifth of November. Yeah. Okay, well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, at least, uh, yeah. I just hope that you know you guys have the have the ability to celebrate Halloween. That's the important part. Whether it's at my house or someplace else, we can send you pictures of us trying to. F- I guess it's not that big of a deal in London. They 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 celebrate. Well, that's just unfortunate. other things. I don't know. Sorry, man. I I I, I know. Well, the show must go on, right? That's right. Uh, and speaking of the show going on, Glenn, I think we should move on before I get too teared up <laughs> about my party. Um, <laughs> we are, speaking of getting teared up, we are co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. Gentleman.com is a menagerie of beauty, and it, it'll it'll expose your mind to all kinds of information and joys laughs cries disappointments pain regrets yes um the whole gamut of human emotion uh really takes place on gentleman.com so if you want to feel like a human you should go (laughs) over to gentleman.com where you can uh feel the whole range of human emotion Mm -hmm. all in one site all for free and once you've felt how it is to be a human (laughs) <laughs> you should go to this little site called podcast.gentleman.com where you can listen to 122 previous episodes of the Gentleman Podcast in succession. I would say start with number one mm-hmm. and then go ahead and get to number 60 before you call it a night. You know what I mean? Just stay up. Just go ahead and power through it. That, so that'll be about three days worth of you know just staying awake. So you're going to want to brew a, co- a pot of coffee um, and, you know walk around to stay up maybe put it on your headphones and you can uh you know jog around the room while you're listening to it yeah maybe do some plyometrics mm-hmm. 
um, whatever it takes to keep you awake, mm-hmm. get through that first 60 hours. Cause then I feel mm-hmm. like you'll have all the backstory and then you can proceed on through. Um, so anyway, this, the rest of this podcast will make so much more sense. Yeah. Cause none of this stuff is going to make any sense to anyone. If you haven't listened to all the previous hundred, it's all, right. it's all one big long story basically. Right. Like, Lots of twists and turns and stuff like that. We're like JJ Abrams, you know, and lost or JJ Abrams is like us. That's true. In yeah. lost. How can I make this show really sizzle? Yeah. Oh, that podcast. Right. You know that new story idea you've been wanting? <laughs> well, listen to this. It's your cousin, Gordy Abrams. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's actually what happened. Um, but uh, we don't want to get into that because, you know, J.J. Abrams, he's doing just fine. It's okay. You know, sure, he kind of took that from us, but we'll, we'll move on. Okay, so because he did a good Star Wars. I'm all right with that. Uh, anyway, Glenn, uh, so go back and listen to podcast.gentleman.com. Uh, you can follow along with this episode, the links that we're going to talk about on there. Uh, you can find the other previous episodes, and you can find some other stuff, like some of the beers we've rated before and stuff like that, in case you're wondering. Um, we know you are. We know you are. But what are we? Um, so, anyway, Glenn, once you do that, you're no doubt going to have questions, concerns, comments, uh, angry letters, which you can direct to the gentleman mailbag at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044, where we'll get, we will get your letter. We will ponder it. We will look over it. We will pace the room. We will think it over. We'll talk about it. And then ultimately, uh, what's going to happen is we're going to talk about it on the Gentleman Podcast. And um, so use your local USPS to get us a letter, and uh, we'll put it up then on the Hall slash Wall of Fame, which we know is Hall of Fame. And, uh, yeah, we'll send you something, a little, little something in return, just mm-hmm. uh, based on the tenor of your letter and what you say to us. Tomper. So I would, uh, you know, I would, I would take some time and really think about how positive you want to make the letter. Mm. You know? It's not a threat, right? We oh, would no. never threaten I, no, our no, listeners. No, 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 don't get me wrong. No, no, no. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know. It's you often, give what you give. It's often better to give than receive. <laughs> a very positive <laughs> letter to the gym. All right. Anyway, the point is, uh, if you can't send a letter to uh, our USPS because maybe you don't like the postal service, which would be weird, but that's okay. Uh, you can get a hold of us uh, via email at howdyatgentleman.com or one of the various social networks like Instagram. I've been liking Instagram lately. I've been enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook. It's just a new thing. Yeah, it just came out. And <laughs> it's like this photo app. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty new. It's so crazy. You know, anyway. Uh, anyway, Glenn, uh, let's move on with the episode, uh, get into the media episode, which is the drink of the week this week. And um, this week, Glenn, uh, once again, our fine friends uh, at Amazing Club provided this uh, this drink of the week. Um, so this, this segment on the General Podcast is brought to you by Amazing Club's America's number one gourmet gift of the month. <laughs> Featuring clubs such as... The um, Bagel Club. Oh. Uh, the Cheesecake Club. The Cigar mm. Club. Really? Uh, the Fruit Club. The Jerky Club. Wait, the Fruit Club? The Jam and Jelly Club. Uh, the Pasta Club. The Lobster Club. <laughs> and my favorite, the Pizza Club. Because Ooh. it's it's worth the dough. <laughs> <laughs> so visit AmazingClubs.com. Yes. Absolutely. Um, okay. Um, so, uh, Glenn, this this was sent to me in the beer of my club, beer of the month club from Amazing Clubs, and this is we had to look up how to pronounce this. Uh, and you said it was Unita. You you in, you went you wait, into hang on you you into know how to pronounce this <laughs> you you into you into okay. So this is the you into pumpkin 
pumpkin ale. That's pumpkin, not pumpkin. Like pumpkin. You're getting punked like punky when you Brewster. buy it. Punky yes. Brewster. <laughs> pumpkin pumpkin ale. Uh, and pumpkin th- pumpkin. I figured, you know, uh, mm. I, I got two possibilities here. Uh, I got one was a nut brown ale. And this one was pumpkin ale, and I thought, well, you know, a pumpkin ale. Let's let's give that a shot because it just seems like we're in that season. It's so. that time of year. It's the time of the season. Um, so anyway, Lynn, here's the. Uh, Thank you. You went to uh, pumpkin ale. Brian, do we do we know? Uh, do we have any specs on? Yeah. Okay. So four percent alcohol. So lower alcohol content. Lower, definitely lower. It's okay. Interesting. Uh, Twenty-three point six IBUs. Mm. So pretty low, uh, an SRM of fourteen point six, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't have because it comes in the beer of the month club. Mm-hmm. We don't have a price, but I want to say I have seen other Uinta beers at the store, and they are regular, regularly priced. So I'm gonna say it's like an eight ninety nine as a seasonal. It's okay. a little bit more. Yep. Let's just go with that. I, I'm pretty sure that's probably about where this is gonna land. So anyway, all right. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Pumpkin, pumpkin. Huh. That's gonna need another drink here. Mm. Interesting. It's like I don't. It doesn't. It tastes a lot like, of nutmeg. Yeah. What is that? It's kicking me in the nutmegs. Hmm. It's not bad. I don't think it's nope. bad. Nope. But it's not good. It's not. You have to really like this kind of beer. I think. The, like the whole. It's it's got allspice in it. You know what that? That's what that is. It's got nutmeg and cinnamon and what was the other thing there? Allspice. Allspice. Every spice and old spice, old spice, old spice is also in there. Um, Most interesting beer. No, no, wait, that's not the commercial. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, Glenn, if you had to give it, give this, um, you went to uh, pumpkin ale. This is hard. I don't drink many pumpkin ales. Yeah, I mean, so I don't really have like a. Yeah. Is this a good pumpkin ale? Is this a bad pumpkin ale? Yeah. Pumpkin ale. Excuse me. Mm. Um, I think. I feel like it's well made. Yeah. The, the, the nice thing about it, I would say, is that it doesn't overly taste like pumpkin. You know what I mean? Like no. Some it, of them get like it's very spicy. It's like you're you compressed right. a pumpkin into a glass and you're drinking it with some alcohol in it. So I th- this doesn't taste like that. So I, I I'm a fan of that, but uh, at the same time, it's like not particularly good. Brian, you were at a party where we, my wife and I, served pumpkin, served beer out of a pumpkin, right? Yes. We had a tap. I believe that yes. In, in a pumpkin and put the beer. Yeah. And that was all right. I think so. You probably avoided it, didn't you? What are you talking about? <laughs> I was the first That's one in line. That's not your bag. I was That's the first one in line, I think, that all night, right. as far as I remember. So, price is pretty uh, straight, straight. Yeah, straight in the middle of the road. Um, I think. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 7.3. I was going to go 7.6, actually, mm. uh, because, you know, for a pumpkin ale, if I was just drinking it, this is a pumpkin ale, and I yeah. had it with like, six other pumpkin ales. Yep. This it probably wouldn't be that that bad. <laughs> it's just not your thing. It's just not good. Okay, Glenn. Well, that doesn't matter anyway. Now, all this stuff that we've talked about for the last 15 minutes doesn't make uh, Hill of Beans difference to anyone. Mm-hmm. Because the fact of the matter is, we actually have a proprietary mustache twist scale computer that will take these uh, data points, uh, use some algorithms and data science and machine learning mm-hmm. and artificial intelligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it will actually deduce... Solar energy. It's all green energy, mm-hmm. um, renewable, 100% renewable energy powered. Mm-hmm. Um, it will then deduce an actual scientific rating for this beer and uh, let us know what it is, and okay. you, and let and let you know what it is. So anyway, Glenn, I'm gonna I'm gonna type these facts into the MTS computer, and then we will 
and then we will have a official empirical score for the pumpkin pumpkin ale. Um, okay, so we said the price was eight ninety nine based on based on my own uh, judgment, market research, market research, and, and analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, the alcohol is four percent. The IBUs are twenty three point six. The SRM is fourteen point six, and you're supposed to serve it in a no nick glassware mm-hmm. style. No 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 nick uh, style glass is what we're talking about. Of course, about. yeah. Which may be why we're. You That's know. true. I, I don't have any no nicks here. But so. the thing is, though, Brian, is that in order to preserve consistency in our ratings, we have to drink it out of the bottle. That's right. So uh, I guess with stouts, we do pour in a glass. Look, when in Rome. You know, there we go. That's do true. as the stout drinkers do. <laughs> uh, anyway, Glenn. Okay, so I think that the uh, MTS report has printed off. I'm going to mm-hmm. go get it, and then we'll uh, we'll read this off here, and we should know for sure. Wow. Silver medal at the World Beer Championship. Yeah, so the, when you're advertising silver, that's good. 2010. Okay. Let's see if I can get this thing off. <clears throat> Coming back here. Mm. Oh, oops. Got, okay. Turned around there. Um, okay, Glenn. Well... Let's it's see. not a bad beer. It's a solid not beer. Bad. MTS computer though will tell us exactly what it is. So saying that actually this is from Utah. This beer it's talking yeah. about the Unita Mountain Range uh, facts about Utah from the 1800s. Right. Um, Water sources. Okay. Uh, so according to the MTS computer, it's a 7.45 on the MTS scale. That's that so. seems fair. I think it's fair, you know. Uh, the comp- uh, obviously, it's a computer; it's uh, scientific and empirical. So, what what else can you do? You know, and we're I mean, not going to round up. No, uh, no, we don't round up at the MTS scale. We call it like it is because that's the official scientific score. Because that's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, real quick, Glenn, I guess I should go over to our friends over at Beersnob.com and look up what they have to say about this. Uh, I bet they pumpkin. love it. I bet this is a eight point four. So the beer snobs over at beersnob.com, our good friends, beersnob.com, uh, have scored it a... Wait, what? The, uh, I'm confused. Their rating's out of five now? It used to be out of ten. Well, you know, ten so used to be cool. Let me um, let me extrapolate what this would be on a ten-point scale. Uh, i got to do some math in my head here. Uh, okay, so we're, okay, so the, it, what it is is a 3.37 out of five. And so in that case, Glenn... Uh, that would mean that this would be a 3.74 or 6.74. Sorry. Wow, they they even they lowballed the uh, the pumpkin 6.74 pumpkin harvest ale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, Glenn. Well, uh, that's what you get for uh, going to a site full of beer snobs. A sliding scale that apparently changes every. <laughs> Very arbitrary. Very arbitrary. If you ask us. Okay, Glenn. Well, let's uh, move on to some interesting posts from gentleman.com in the last two weeks or so. And uh, we're going to lead off this week, Glenn, with a very special uh, tack uh, posted by our good friend Lachrif. Lachrif. I believe that uh, French Canadian. French Canadian. Okay. Um, That's the vibe I get, anyway. Um, I could be totally wrong about that. I just, uh, that's how I see it. Um, anyway, Glenn, this is called Everything You Need to Know About Gooey Ducks. Brian, I've been, we've had this, I've had this page <laughs> open for a while now, and I've been trying to avoid it, like with my eyes, because it's very, uh, it's very, you know, if your mind isn't in the right place. It's, so <clears throat> let's back up a little bit, Glenn. A gooey duck, what is a gooey duck? Uh, because I didn't know. Uh, and if you don't know, just type it into Google and image search make sure the kids are in bed uh, yeah and keep in mind that this is a mollusk it's not a um it's not 
any type of anatomy at all. Um, this is a sea creature. Sure? This is a sea creature, Glenn. Uh, and let me, if I may, you go ahead let, let me let me read uh, about the gooey duck because this is this is called everything you need to know about the gooey duck, and this really is everything that you need to know about the gooey duck. Uh, the gooey duck is a large clam with simple anatomy. There are two major parts to remember: the siphon or neck, which hangs out of the shell, and the mantle, also called the breast. The meaty part that sits inside the shell. Okay, native to the Pacific Northwest and Western Canadian coast, gooey ducks anchor themselves into the ground with a small foot. Air quotes, and remain in one spot for their entire lives. Several feet below the ground, the massive saltwater clam sucks in seawater, filtering for plankton and various vitamins, and squirts out the excess through its impressive siphon. <laughs> their necks, their necks easily stretch from the size of a banana mm-hmm. to baseball bat lengths. Uh, depending on how comfortably situated they are, they're happiest and longest when they're underground. Um, the, one of the things that, that I, the, one of the sentences that really describes this auditorily for people that don't have an image of this pulled up is says, the gooey duck is the world's largest burrowing clam, and typical specimens weigh between two and three pounds. It's far too big to retreat into its shell like other mollusks. Instead, the massive neck promiscuously <laughs> hangs outside <laughs> in all of its phallic glory. It, it, that's that's what it's phallic. It, yeah, it's very that's a very apt way to describe this thing. Um, there are a lot of interesting pictures of this thing, uh, but we've seen a lot of them. we've seen a lot of them up close. I mean, the pictures that is. Uh, but there's this is there's a whole industry of. Um, <laughs> duckers <laughs> of people that farm these things uh glenn and i didn't know anything about this until i read this article <clears throat> and um they uh, they they farm them to to eat and apparently it's it's good eating it's it's very expensive eating yeah it's way more expensive than foie gras or foie gras foie, foie gras yeah it's like what 20 something dollars a pound or mm-hmm. uh it's very expensive very you know i, I first saw the the gooey duck on a a, a show uh, called Bizarre Foods, mm, and yeah. it, with Andrew Zimmern, Zimmern, and uh, he, yeah, he was, um, he, he had, yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting show, but I, I guess they're very tasty um, if you prepare them well. And this is one of those things that's difficult to talk about without uh, tripping over my words here. Yeah, it's it's hard <clears throat> to do. But I thought the interesting thing was how they they have a whole thing about har- like how they harvest them. Yeah, and they they have some pretty weird techniques that they use, like blowing water into things to like push them out of the soil and then grabbing them and all kinds of stuff yeah that, uh what a job huh yeah that's pretty weird um but anyway if i'm ever up in the pacific northwest i might have to uh, and that's on the menu um you should just go down to the the harbor and just go know, grab one well no, 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 yeah, well <laughs> just that's not quite where i was going <laughs> Uh, yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. Go right. procure a, a good. Go, yeah. Go farm. Like go hunting for. Mm, I don't think you need to hunt for them. <laughs> I think. I think you'll be able to find them. I think I just go to a restaurant and you know. Mm-hmm. Well, get out your wallet. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Okay, Glenn. Well, They're delicacy. if you get yeah, if anybody out there in like regularly enjoys uh, gooey ducks, be sure to drop us a line in the gentleman mailbag. At least let us know, um, Glenn. What uh, what's up next? Okay. Uh, well, okay. Brian, I don't know. Look, there's a, an epidemic going around this country um, that you may or may not have heard of. And it's, you know, I'll put it this way. Our country has a lot of problems sometimes. 
Agreed. We yeah. have a lot of things we need to work on as, yep. a, as a society. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that I will not stand for is the senseless tattooing of animals. Mm-hmm. And this has That's been true. going on for a while. This is something you're passionate about. I am passionate yeah. about this. And so is uh, our good friend Anya Keister is bringing to light this uh, terrible act uh, that's becoming more and more widespread in a tack titled guy gets same tattoo as adopted dog quickly mm. realizes his mistake. Mm. Um, somebody who's as passionate about this as I am. Yeah. You, you uh, this is a cause that's close to your heart. Right. Uh, his name is Chris. Uh, he has a dog that was, that had a previous owner and he was, you know, looking at the dog and he realized that those a holes of owners before mm-hmm. him, had taken him to the tattoo parlor. Taken them to the tattoo parlor. Lied about his age. Lied about the age. And probably then got him a tattoo. The fact that it was a dog and got him a dog tattoo. Mm-hmm. And so this really upset Chris. So he goes to Facebook and he says, You know what, guys? In an act of solidarity with my pooch, I'm gonna get the same tattoo. Takes guts. Yep. I'm gonna put it on my arm. It's on mm-hmm. it's on my dog's leg. I'm gonna put it on my arm. Yep. And you know, just to bring awareness to this mm-hmm. this plight that mm-hmm. we have. Yeah. And so he goes to the tattoo parlor and he gets a very, you know, geometric, kind of nondescript uh tattoo that matches right. his dog. Mm-hmm. And he posts it on Facebook and says, Here's what I did, and I think you all should know that this right. is terrible and this is how I'm I'm handling it and this is how I'm showing my dog love. Mm-hmm. And one commenter uh pointed out that hey um that that symbol means that your dog has been neutered <laughs> and that you know veterinarians do that so people don't try to re-neuter dogs <laughs> that have already been neutered so you just had a symbol put on your arm that says you're, you're neutered, neutered too yeah so this is this is the problem brian people people are quick to you know um rush to judgment rush about, to judgment yeah. about the cruelty to animals about mm-hmm. you know tattooing animals mm-hmm I feel like a quick Google search would have cleared this up yep. fairly quickly for him, yep. mm-hmm. or asking his friends maybe who had animals. Or I was, you know, I was thinking about this that I'm a pretty logical person, and <laughs> if I was trying to think like, oh, these these horrible previous owners that abused this dog, they they tattooed him. Like why I would immediately start, I would start thinking like why would they do that? <laughs> There's got to be a even reason. Make sense. Yeah, there has to be like an actual reason for this. If they were being mean, that would cost a lot of money to be that. It mean. would be yeah. They've got a lot of trouble. And to be the, that yeah, mean. exactly. You could just you know be mean in other ways that mm-hmm. weren't like that. So uh, very elaborate. But I appreciate his gusto and his his heart. The dog's name was Bear. Okay. Uh, and unfortunately, his friends chimed in and family members. And they all had a good laugh at his expense. Well, but I feel like he deserved it. Sometimes you just got to take a second and laugh at yourself. But you know, that's right. When you get a permanent tattoo, I mean, this is like the equivalent of you know getting that tattoo that's misspelled, or mm-hmm. you know, your or like your ex girlfriend's tattooed on your right arm. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Wasn't it? Uh, doesn't Johnny Depp? Uh, he had a <laughs> tattoo that was like when. Uh, Winona forever or something because he was dating <laughs> Free Winona, Winona. <laughs> Winona Ryder and then he changed it to Wino forever <laughs> oh man say what you will about him that's pretty that's pretty great hey man 
God gave him lemons, and he made lemonade out That's, of it. He did. I saw uh, a great, this is totally off topic, I saw a great little GIF video, whatever, of one owner writer at this award ceremony, the SAG Awards, and uh, she was on something very strong, mm. some sort of, uh, you know, extracurricular uh, recreational something mm-hmm. and was having a hard time on stage focusing mm-hmm. while her cast member was giving this very impassioned speech mm-hmm. and they over and her eyes kept wandering and anyway they, they superimposed a pizza on the screen and like had her <laughs> eyes follow this pizza going around and it's pretty great uh, that sounds like something that would happen to me yeah it has nothing to do with this guy's neuter tattoo but oh yeah and I don't mean that in a drug sense I mean <laughs> following a pizza around you, yeah, I do have a thing about pizza you do captivates my attention yep um okay glenn well let's move on from uh this tattoo that hopefully got removed okay i don't know maybe you kept it on there it's a good conversation starter so guess what you know tattoos lying <laughs> do you want to be <laughs> <laughs> um okay glenn well this uh this next attack we're going to talk about was actually posted by me mm. uh this is brought to you by brian mckinney um mm. Brian McKinney, uh, the world's number one uh, amazing uh, gentleman co-founder. <laughs> uh, Wait, uh, number one. Well, you know, according to some surveys, hmm? that could be could be possible. I, I can, uh, you know, I, I can provide the uh, cliff notes, the surveys. I guess uh, I can't. Yeah, cliff notes. <laughs> Survey was two people uh, <laughs> named McKinney. Um, the uh, anyway, the point is this tack is called new now a new mini commodore 64 is coming so we've been through we've been through so much already Mm -hmm. glenn we we Mm -hmm. we began with the nes about this time last year yeah yeah and that was the ups and downs of the nes classic the world was Um, our oyster you know we were so excited about that we talked about it multiple times on the podcast um at the end of the day when the smoke cleared uh, you know, I was able to get my hands on one of them. Uh, you weren't. Uh, but now we're going through the SNES, the Super Nintendo. Set. And it sounds like all intents or all reports from the field are coming back that it sounds like people are actually going to be able to get their hands on a Super Nintendo Classic. Uh, but now we're even starting me? to see. Yeah, I think you too. Um, wow. We're starting to see even more stuff. Like we talked about not too long ago that there's going to be an Atari that's yep. going to come out, a new mini Atari, and now there's a mini commodore 64 and i i don't really remember this one but this was a gaming system that right before you know the nes came out this was like the one to have the it it was kind of like between the atari and the regular nintendo and capabilities and um the commodore 64 was a it had it was like the first one that had actual music in in with with the stuff and the the games while they weren't heavy on graphics are very creative because they had to do things that had a little bit more power than Atari, um, but not the kind of power that you know Nintendo had with the original NES. So it's a really interesting system, and it's been a very long time since I've actually seen one or played any games from it. Um, and what I thought was interesting was the Commodore sixty four uh was it, when it was launched in 1982 it cost in today's money 385 dollars which really 
if you think about it, for a cutting edge gaming system, really isn't that bad back in the day like a, because computers were really expensive back then. You know, it's like an Xbox, right? Yeah. So, um, but anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. And uh, so, anyway, they sold three and a half million by 1986. Uh, continued to sell a million units a year through 1989, which is surprising, given that I think the NES came out around 1985, 86. So, anyway, um, so they're going to capitalize on this and send out a mini uh, Commodore 64 complete with a joystick, a crazy looking joystick. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know, man, I, 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 I'm getting like mini um, console overload a little bit. So I have a theory, Brian. Mm-hmm. I think this is a perfect example of market ying and no yin and yang. Right. So on the flip side of the coin, the other things that are coming out right now in the gaming world are virtual reality. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of entering, we're pushing new boundaries with you know what you can do with with gaming in that sense. And that mm-hmm. you know reality is completely different. Yeah, and I think these are becoming popular because they're it's it was simpler times, right? People are hearkening back to like when games were simple. Yeah, you know, there used to just be a joystick and yeah. eight bits of pure goodness. Yeah, I mean, what I find kind of interesting about, especially the NES, and to an extent, and probably to a great extent, the Super Nintendo stuff, is that um, a lot of the games are fundamentally the same mm-hmm. now. They just have better graphics. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, Star Fox was a like a three D kind of thing that that was, was amazing awesome. yeah. back in the day, and uh, you know, they still like. Legend of Zelda, for all intents and purposes, it's the exact same game. It's just better graphics and different... Instead of side-scrolling, it's you right. know, a different perspective. But it's still the same game. Uh, and, and, you know, they still have the same categories of games. You know, they have, yeah. like, role-playing games. They have, yeah. you know, uh, platform games and all stuff. So the same stuff. It's just it's been done the same way ever since, you know, 1982 or whatever. So, anyway, that just kind of goes to tell you how ahead of its time the nes was and some of these other systems so pretty cool stuff um you know if it's cheap like i might pick one up just for the hell of it um i'm wondering how long it's going to be before we're going to see like many actual old like mini apple twos come yeah. out and stuff like that like a miniature you know plug your stuff in and and, and do your stuff on an old i mean is there going to be like a retro <laughs> like almost like old typewriters or something yeah. like that you know like yeah. Oh, I used the Apple II to write this book, actually. Yeah, yeah. You know? For sure. Yeah, I mean, there's no spell check on it. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that's going to be, but I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I'm kind of a sucker for this stuff, so. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I have a vivid memory of seeing one of these and seeing a kid that I knew play it, and it was awesome. It Dude, was just, back in the day, seeing that stuff, I, I almost feel bad for kids these days because... Kids these days, let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, no, to, I mean, seeing this stuff for the first time, when the technology just kept coming and kept coming, it was yeah. amazing. And it was like, you're old enough to remember when, you know, when you saw, or when you played Super Super Mario for the first time, yeah. or whatever, you know? It's like, Christmas Day when I got that Nintendo, oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't think you could replicate how much excitement I had. <laughs> Little when Brian. I, when I got that Nintendo system, I mean, it was doing the risky business. Oh like, gosh, dun, 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 dun. dude, it was the best day ever. Um, but anyway, so yeah, now now that I'm old enough and I have this money, I can like 
You know. <laughs> well, you know, we we have we, we have actual jobs, so we have actual money. Like when we didn't have any kid. So that's the thing I think is like when when you can get the Nintendo Classic, you're like kind of reliving that thing except now you can like go buy one if you can and get it, you know, and and have it whatever you want. Some of us can't buy it, Brian. That's right. Some of us are just so passionate about finding it. They will go to any lengths to get it. I'll tell you what. I so my my sister-in-law has loaned us her NES Mini. A controversial decision. It was. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter loves playing it. And I tried playing it again. And I'm good for about 20 minutes. I'm like, all right, that's it. That's all I can do. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't have any patience. I don't have any. Yeah. So it's probably good I don't have one. Well, that I bought. I don't, I don't, play, I don't play it very often. But when I do sit down to play it, I really enjoy it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like an obscene amount of time. <laughs> I don't, because I don't know what it is, but like when I get, you know, I have an Xbox, when I get a new game for that, you know, sometimes it moves me a little bit, you know, or whatever, but uh, the Nintendo, there's something special, it just scratches some itch, uh, some little 10-year-old itch that you have yeah, um, that you remember somehow, and it, I don't know, it's, so it's, it's kind of, I think that's why there's so much passion about it, but uh, I don't have that same passion about the 64, but if it's cheap, I'll check it out and, and see what they got going on, I... You know, might be fun, kind of fun to mess around with. Who makes these? What? You know, I think they're all basically just ra- raspberry pies in a, oh, okay. in a big plastic shell that's shaped like the original thing is basically how it all works. I don't know for sure, but I think they basically do. Like, I'm pretty. I, I think I read an article about the SNES and the NES, and they're both run on the same hardware because um, everything's ten times more powerful than that was twenty times, hundred times more powerful than that stuff was back then. Yeah. So, um, anyway. But okay, Glenn. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go try to pick up. I'm gonna get in line uh, tomorrow to go get this uh, Commodore 64. Okay. Wow. Um, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna tomorrow. stay out. Yeah. I'm gonna get in line right now just to because I'm gonna be one of the first to do it, and so I'm excited about that. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, let's move on to the toast this week then. Um, and this week is this week sucks. We we had somebody all lined out for the toast. We'd already talked about it. We figured out what we we're gonna do, and then lo and behold. Uh, late, uh, late, uh, late in the week, um, previous week, um, turns out that Tom Petty passed away and, you know, we had, we had to do that. We had to do the, the toast of Tom Petty because, uh, you and I both are Tom Petty fans. We always have been. Um, I remember, uh, my, the first day of summer, (laughs) Uh, the like the summer before my senior year in high school, when you're like on top of the world, the very first day of summer vacation, we drove to Kansas City and we went to go see Tom Petty. Oh yeah, at Sandstone Amphitheater. Yep, and it was glorious. Yeah, we had a good good time. He put on a great show. Um, and I remember when I was in college, I had Tom Petty's greatest hits. Yep, and uh, I remember specifically there was this jerk that was up at my house. And I hated this guy. It was like him and his wife were over at our house for some reason. They were like friends with somebody that was like living with me or something. I was like, I don't like people get out of my house. I remember at one point, I had this Tom Petty CD that was like, I had found it in a, like a used CD thing. And it was like his greatest hits. And uh, and he looks over at me at one point and he's like, I'm just going to give, I'm just going to buy this from you. Like, I'm just going to give you eight bucks for this. You know, he's just what? like, he was just like, he's like, I want this. 
how much did you buy it for? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy it from you. And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> no. But he was so he was like listening to it, and he was so he liked it so much. He just wanted to immediately have it. Is the point, you know? I uh, could see that. I could see that. I could see that. I could definitely see I, where he's I coming understand. from. I understand where he's coming from. The social aspect. I wasn't know. giving up my Tom Petty album. Let's just say you that. didn't back down. Is no, what you're saying I won't back down. <laughs> okay. Uh, so anyway, Glenn, I, you know just, what's right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, Tom Petty's Greatest Hits is a great album, almost universally. Even jerks like uh, Tom Petty's Greatest Hits. They have to have it. Yeah. So anyway, I I have I think I've been to two Tom Petty concerts, and both of them were amazing. Mm-hmm. Because every song he plays, everybody knows. Right. It's just a big party, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for Tom. Yeah. Wink. <laughs> uh, so, rest in peace, big man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's into the great wide open. Yeah. Under them mm-hmm. skies of blue. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I love Tom Petty. I, I think I, I had a greatest hits CD. Mm-hmm. No one tried to buy it from me, but... <laughs> They wouldn't have been able to because right. I wore the thing out. I, I literally yeah. like it cracked and it had scratches all over it because I listened to it over and over and over and over. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite Tom Petty song? Um. Gosh, that's tough. Probably something off of his first record. I like his um, his first album was just like straight up rock yeah. um, stuff, you know. And um, I don't know his first few years, like the late seventies. Yeah, all that stuff. I like all those songs a lot. Um, I also like you know uh, Wildflowers quite a bit. Wildflowers is a good song. Um, that Talk about al- the album, the album, okay, yeah. yeah, the whole album, just because it's a little bit of a different kind of thing, and he was able to change a his lighter. sound a little bit, yeah. you know, and still still be relevant and cool. Because um, I listened to that when I was in high school. Um, Wildflowers, that was kind of a you know thing, and uh, I thought it was a cool album. Mm-hmm. And I was in high school, you know, so it's like. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, but I like his early rock stuff, I think, now, when I think about it. Um, stuff off Damn the Torpedoes. Mm-hmm. Probably that whole record is good. The thing about that record that's really cool, too, is that they essentially recorded it live. Everything was one take. It wasn't Whoa. pieced together like most albums were at the time. They felt really strongly about the fact that they were a really good live band, and they wanted to like capture that. Tom Petty was very, like, early on, was very... Uh, strong-willed and anti-record company sort of so mm-hmm. he got in a lot of fights about stuff uh, that i think a lot later in life he kind of said it was kind of stupid because he he just kept getting in these weird fights and disagreements with the record company and ultimately kind of hurt both the record company and himself he had a big thing about not making albums more than ten dollars uh, because he was pissed about his fans having to shell out more money for records and stuff and so i anyway he had a kind of an interesting uh, career. Uh, I recently read an, an article about him, and I guess he's from uh, Florida, Gainesville, Florida, I believe is the town he's from. And he was talking about how it's kind of a college town, but it's kind of like all kinds of different people come into this town, you know, and lots of country kind of people, and people are there for the college, and all kinds of different, you know, characters. And he said that, you know, kind of one of the things that shaped him was being able to talk to all these different people and get to know them and where they're from and why they were. Hmm the way they were and all that stuff and it kind of shaped him as a pretty anyway so i thought that was really kind of interesting but he's lived a pretty crazy uh interesting life and had some great uh got to share in uh some of his great songs and they they they're definitely with me in some cool times when i was a yeah. kid and stuff like that so. that's i think that's the thing for me is just nostalgic yeah i high school is like tom petty i mm-hmm. just think of whenever i hear a tom petty song i think of high school which i love and 
Yeah. Uh, didn't I, th- I remember you telling me a story? Uh, so it may have been true or not about how <laughs> all my stories are something true. something having to deal with uh, Tom Petty writing a song for Stevie Nicks. Am I making that up? Yes. Yeah. About yeah. how how about how he wouldn't like he kept writing. He had this song he wrote for her and wouldn't give it to her, and so mm-hmm. he like wrote another song. He's like, nah, actually, I'm gonna keep that one too. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember which exact songs they were, but I mean, they the, Stevie Nicks and, and Tom Petty. I think they had at least one or maybe two songs that they put on Stevie Nicks' debut album. Oh. And they were trying to write stuff together, and Tom Petty would, like, write something, and be like, yeah, you know, this is, I don't want to... This is mine. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember, and they, and they were songs that actually ended up being on his record and not hers. Yeah. Um, but it was it was kind of interesting, because, um, yeah, I mean, I, if you're him, like, why would you want to give up the big hits to, to do that? I don't know. So, right. Yeah. Tom Petty's got a lot of interesting stories. Yeah. Um, he certainly does. Uh, so those are pretty bummer. I mean, he's a big bummer. He's only 60. I mean, I say only 66. 66 is pretty old, but still, these in days today, people, In modern yeah, medicine era? I mean... Do these people usually live till, you know, be 80 and stuff like that, so... I think, yeah. And my buddy, uh, my buddy Brian was actually... He got to catch Tom Petty this summer oh. uh, on his last tour, so... Oh. Uh, I think it was right around Brian's birthday, which is funny because it was right around the same time back... In the day when we went to go see Tom Petty, so May or something. Yeah, and um, and so so his birthday was coming up, and Brian, you know, told his wife he wanted to go see Tom Petty, and so they they went made a trip to Kansas City to go see Tom Petty again. And turns out that was probably one of the last you know concerts he gave because I think the tour only went a few more weeks, and then that was it. So um, pretty good timing on Brian's part to be able to catch him one more time. And Brian said it was like awesome. He said you'd have no idea that this dude was you know literally. You know, months from passing away, he was just. He said he was great live, and everything was, you know, was pretty awesome. So, no, it's it's sad. We've lost a lot of big, <clears throat> big names, big performers in the past mm-hmm. year. Yeah, absolutely. Prince, yeah, Tom Petty. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah, bummer, man. It is, it is a bummer. Yeah, I need to go back. And, I haven't listened to Tom Petty stuff in a while. I need to go back and revisit stuff. I've been meaning to. I'm gonna make a note right now. Brian. It's just too soon. It's just too yeah, soon. It's too soon. Mm-hmm cuts too deep um anyway glenn well uh toast to uh the honorable mr tom petty tom petty okay glenn well now that means it's time for the uh, hot buddy topic. topic uh and this week glenn uh there was i don't know if you heard about this thing that happened in the college basketball world but apparently there was some little snafu about um and I've never heard of this before, but uh, players getting paid by uh, university uh, coaches to um, come to their school. I don't know. Like, horrible. Yeah. It's Just um, horrible. So it's kind of interesting because uh, it's like the world's worst kept secret that um, some college basketball coaches pay to get recruits. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like everybody's always kind of known that mm-hmm. college basketball you know, in some circles is a dirty business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's true. And it was kind of like a, something that people thought would never really get taken care of because the NCAA, they're all tied in with the money because they, it's a big money maker for them and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, a couple weeks ago, 
the FBI comes out and says, "Oh, well, we actually just arrested ten people about this whole thing, and we're gonna and we're gonna do more." Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna crack down on this whole thing because it's fraud, and they uncovered this whole like three year sting operation they've been doing on college basketball. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's probably one of the most controversial things that's happened in the last you know several years in sports. I would imagine. Yeah, it's. I'm trying to think of something that's had a bigger impact. I mean, in that in terms of scandal. Uh, this is big. Yeah. It's, and it's a, th- what makes it big is that the other shoe's going to drop sometime soon. Mm-hmm. Like, because, so Rick Pitino got ousted. Um, yeah. And he was, so I, can't, I can't remember what they referred to him as, like coach number two. Right. But there's coach number one who's supposed right. to be, in theory, like a bigger name than Rick Pitino. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <clears throat> I, have a, I have a theory as to who it is. Um, I really? Do. I do, yeah. But I'm not going to say it. I don't want to, that'd be irresponsible. I have journalistic integrity. I have an idea too. I bet you do about who coach number one is. Um, yeah. Probably an Adidas coach, right? Well, I don't know. They said Nike was involved too, so. right? That's true. So it could be a Nike. So or Adidas. Nike or Adidas. So if you're a Converse school or a uh, uh, gosh, let's see here, Tiva. If, uh, if your basketball players were Tiva, oh, there Under is Under Armour. Yeah, maybe uh, uh, Skechers, K Swiss, K Swiss. <laughs> Um, Vans. Yeah. So, yeah, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, the whole Patino thing, you know, what I thought was interesting about that, and I was trying to explain this to Laura, was, um, you know, three years ago, Patino gets in trouble for having, uh, for paying off, bribing a woman he had sex with. Right. While he's married to not come out and say anything about it. And he, people found out about it. And so he apologized and... You know, Louisville says, "Oh, well, that's okay." You which, know. which, by the way, if you ever go and read anything about that like particular incident, it is bizarre. Like, yeah. it's an awful thing, but right. it's like the weirdest. I don't. I still don't understand. Yeah, and so there was that, and then about a year and a half ago, it came out that uh, so one of his assistants was supposedly hiring prostitutes and. Um, taking recruits to strip clubs and mm. these prostitutes and mm-hmm. a whole thing about that. We had just had dinner, right? Yeah. Okay. And then um, that came out in the public. And Patino says, ah, gee, I didn't know about no. that. I don't know. No, 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 no. Louisville, no second way. time, says, ah, it's a fine. Don't worry about it. it it's all, you know, no we'll big get, deal. We'll take care of this, Yeah, it's, it's fine. We believe you. You, you probably didn't national, know about it. You just won a national yeah. championship. Finally, it comes out that uh, they're actually paying players, and it was an assistant on their staff that was playing. Page. And same old song, dance. Patino, Patino comes out and says, "Gee, I didn't know anything about this." And finally, Louisville says, "Well, that's the last straw. We can't do that. I mean, we just cannot. You can't do this anymore." We've like, tried. This, this like this is the third time that they've looked over something and said, "Like, you know, enough is enough." So <clears throat> it would be interesting. I have a friend who lives in Louisville right now. He's a Jayhawk, right? But he's in the he's in the thick of things right now. Right. And uh, he hears a lot of talk, and a lot of people are really worried that Louisville will get the death penalty for this, which I think seems kind of kind of strong. I don't know if they'll ever levy the death penalty again because that the, would be because the effect it had on SMU. It's it's been something that lasted 20, decades, yeah, thirty years. But took a KU coach to to pull him out of the Larry Brown SMU. Oh, you're talking about basketball. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're talking about the yes, important yeah. sport, my, which is college football. My, my mistake. I'm right. sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. 
<clears throat> speaking of K coaches, I really, I really feel that Louisville will turn this around because the interim coach is a former K basketball player. Mm. David Padgett played for right. one year. Right. Then he left to go to Louisville. <laughs> yeah. Um, not so confident in that. But mm. uh, I think this is gonna this is gonna burn Louisville hard. I think they're gonna have some hard times because they've always had they've already had, I'm sure, recruits bolting. Um whatever, you know. Yeah. Some of their existing recruits, one of them's on the hook for Right. For having been paid to right. go there. Right. That's gonna be a problem. And he was a he was a top twenty or thirty player, yeah. right? So it's not like he's just some guy. He was a big well, part of their Future. And my thing about it is Patino sitting there saying he didn't know anything about this. And, and it was it's really embarrassing when you go back and you read the quotes from when they got this guy. Where Patino's basically saying, yeah, it's the weirdest thing. We got so lucky. Like, this guy didn't even take a visit to our campus. And he just, this is the one time in my career where it just, yeah. it just fell in my lap. You know? Who knew? Yeah. And so when you read that and you think God. about it in context of everything, you're like, well, I mean, clearly he probably knew. And he... I don't know. Like, yeah, it's just... Why did you want to come to our school? We don't know. Yeah. Okay. We don't care. We don't care. You don't um, want to know, Coach. I'm not asking any questions. Um, so, yeah, kind of weird. But uh, So they, they say that it's gonna. this is going to extend out further. Yes. Um, how, far, how far do you think it's going to go? Or do you think it's going to go any further? I don't know. We haven't heard anything in the last week or so. It's been pretty quiet. But maybe silence is... Calm before the storm, yeah, bro. Yeah, could be. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I feel... Who knows who's going to be? Yeah, um, I don't. I, you, we had talked about this ad nauseum uh, for I, weeks. Uh, for weeks, I can't yeah. imagine why Brian yeah. you would talk about this with me. But uh, about which you know, high ranking, high power. Let me power, just let me just clarify something here, okay? Blue blood school would. Glenn's <laughs> a big fan of KU. Yes, which is an Adidas school. Yes, which is you know. Uh, They've gotten some top recruits in the last five years or so. Uh, I'm a fan of K-State. In the last five years K-State. Or so. Or so. K-State, our coach Bruce Weber, Mm -hmm. just recently appeared on a top five list of the cleanest coaches in the sport of college basketball that was surveyed by Division I head coaches. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's an interesting thing because all of a sudden fans of these programs that get the top recruits, start wondering what's, you know, like, mm. is there a little bit of, you know, like, what's, is there some doubt there that, you know, where some of these recruit like, if there was a recruiting battle for some of these guys and somebody's paying them money, you know? Tom Izzo is on that list. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't get the, he doesn't get the top guys. He gets good guys. He gets good guys, not the top guys. Well, we, we, we should look this up. Yeah. Izzo, I mean... Izzo gets some some top 100s. He doesn't get top 5. He doesn't get top 10. Okay. So, uh, it's interesting. I don't know. Uh, Izzo's on that list, yeah. But, Mm -hmm. yep. Hmm. Well, you know, Coach K's not on that list. Nope. Hmm, interesting. He was probably number 7. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Number 6 was Bill Self. I think there's a lot of coaches around the country that are probably sweating right now. I mean, because... You know, if you're anything involved with this Adidas deal, they took that dude's computer, so he's going to have all kinds of communications on it. The agent, you mean? The agent's computer. Yeah. I'm sorry. The yeah. agent at Adidas that got arrested. They're going to have all their stats, all your conversations. I mean, I'm sure he has notes about everything that went happened. You know? Yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe he's smart enough where he didn't leave a trail on stuff. But I find it hard to believe because he got caught, and he's paying yep. players. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I. 
Yeah, I, I, all to be a hundred percent, you know, candid with you, Ryan. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I'm sweating. I mean, you just never know. That's the thing is like even if Bill Self was totally clear, like didn't do anything wrong or anything like that. All it takes is one booster yep. or somebody around the program. Yep. And anytime you have a high-level basketball program, you have all these people around. you got the AAU coaches. you yep. got parents. you got all these booster. people that are in this huge circle of badness that can, like, mm-hmm. destroy. Like, one bad person can basically, yeah. like, screw everything up. Um, so it makes it real tough. I mean, I don't know. Like, you know. It's a it's a yucky world, Brian. Yeah. So I hope that you know, like I hope they get something figured out. One of the things I read, like Bill Self, they were asking Bill Self about this, and he was saying they need to get rid of the one and done rule, so that if you want to go to the NBA, you can just go to the NBA. Yeah. And um, you know, it's hard to say. Like I was reading that, I was like, well, is he like saying that because you know a lot of schools get more of the one and done guys because okay, you get some, but they don't get a lot of them. Yeah, they don't get as many. So maybe that would be advantageous to him but maybe he's just being straight up about it and saying like you know that would probably alleviate some of the pressure that's on the situation because if if they can just instead of i mean we're talking about kids that are going to be making you know millions and millions of dollars from day one right they go to the league and they have to suffer through a year of college right uh so it just creates an environment that's kind of weird but yeah but i feel like I don't necessarily agree with him on that because not to draw this out any longer but i don't necessarily agree with him on that because if you think about it I feel like the guys who know that they're lottery picks, like mm-hmm. an Andrew Wiggins, or yep. you know, they're going to wait a year and then they're going to—they know they're going to make money. Like, mm-hmm. and they don't. I, and I, the guy, like the Louisville guy, he wasn't a top ten pick. He was like a thirty. I mean, it was like a guy. Yeah. I, I, what I'm getting at is, I think it's these kids who think they're going to be one and dones, mm-hmm. but they, in reality, probably not going to be because there's yeah. only a handful of those guys every year. Yep. Um, so I think. The one and done rule. I don't know. I don't know if that would fix it. Yeah, I think the difference is just that. I think it's not necessarily the one and dones. It's like the one and dones that are very unfortunate and have bad like surroundings gotcha. right now. That need money right now. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. what can you do for me right now? Yeah. You know, they're still going to be able to go to the NBA even if they yeah. get caught. You yeah. Know? But this just gets their family going you yeah. know I, right now today as yeah. opposed to waiting a year or he gets injured or you know whatever it's like and if they get you know the worst case scenario is they get caught and he can't play in the ncaa anymore well he's not going to be playing the ncaa anymore he's going to be playing but, in europe he's well be playing. yeah more than likely i mean sometimes yeah. that happens where like you said they have a one and done and it turns out he plays a year of college and all of a sudden he's not a one and done anymore right and they just you know yeah basically screwed himself out of you're probably right it's probably more of a yeah, like a, people yeah. who need that yeah. money. Mm-hmm. I mean, KU had a player that his parents accepted a loan. Yeah, how did that from an agent? I don't remember the. It was whole, like they, it was they like took a, 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 a advance from a something from an agent. Right, the kid was in college and right. Clearly, KU did nothing wrong. Otherwise, we would have been. Of you course, know, of course. You know, we would have right self-reported. Yeah, um, right. As that kind of, any responsibility <clears throat> university would have. Right. right. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, it'll play out one way or another. Yeah. I, I think I read something Coach K said today, and he was kind of like, yeah, I mean, they say it's a big tip of an iceberg, but he's like, I, I don't know. He's like, you know, it could it could just be, that's the, you know, that's the majority of it right there, you know. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think I think the thing is, is that when you pull those 10 coaches in, and they're faced with real jail time, mm-hmm. I mean, 
It's a it's a federal crime. I, I was pretty surprised by how much jail time they're actually yeah. on the hook for, which is quite a lot. So they'd probably, you know, nothing sacred at that point. If you can yeah. reduce the sentence considerably, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Bruce Weber, well, the, Bruce Weber, the <laughs> mastermind. The article, one of the articles I read, I talked to a guy that had experience with other high profile FBI investigations, and he was basically saying like. This they're they're going to go after the highest profile coaches they can get, mm-hmm. and they're going to make an example of them, and they're going to you know they're going to want to like use it to nip it in the bud. Basically, is just like make this huge splash and get a bunch of headlines and put some coaches in the clank, and then call it a day. And mm-hmm. you know, it's just basically like a big like if you do wrong bad stuff, we're going to come and arrest you. Over yeah, it. make an so, example of them. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we'll see what happens. I don't know. Um. All right. Well, the, I guess we don't have any consensus on that, Glenn. It's, you're you're pro paying players and <laughs> cheating, and I am against cheating right, and playing right. players, just like your coach. Exactly. K State. Right. Yeah. My uh, trustworthy, mm-hmm. honest to goodness, down to earth yep. uh, coach, uh, Bruce Weber. That's right. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the uh, question from the gentleman mailbag, the final segment. <laughs> Of the Gentleman Podcast, Glenn. Already? And this week, Glenn, we were talking about uh, gooey ducks earlier. And this got me thinking. There's a lot of creatures in the sea. Hmm. Uh, And if you could transform into any sea creature, what would you pick to to be? I think I'd be a jellyfish. A jellyfish. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That's an interesting choice. A mindless swimming organism that... They don't even swim, really. They just kind of float. Yeah. Right. Be great. Just floating by. Just floating through through, life. Just floating through life. life. (laughs) Like zapping people. Translucent (laughs) as can be. And yeah, and and shocking people. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. And then having, you know, you have to pee on your own foot to get this thing to go away. Right. That's my goal. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that would be interesting. Uh, Yeah, I've always been fascinated by jellyfish. They are pretty, they are interesting. They're just a weird. They freak me out. Yeah, they're they're, they're kind of pretty freaky. Um, I think the only time I've ever seen him is in uh, a, Sh- a Chicago aquarium. Mm. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but uh, that's the first time I've seen him in, in like real life. And they're just they're just a really weird <laughs> thing to see. I <laughs> don't even know how to describe them. You know, yeah, kind of disconcerting. I, I can't even imagine uh, swimming and coming across a whole you know a, yeah big group of them. Like, yeah, that would suck. I mean, maybe they're not mindless. I guess they have they congregate somehow. So, they, I mean, they have some kind of weird thing going on there. But they zap each other. I don't know. I don't know how that no, all works. Yeah. I think they just work off instinct or something. Basically, I don't know how that works. Smell. Yeah. Interesting. That's so, me. Yeah. Okay. So you'd be jellyfish. Yeah. I would be a octopus. Ah, that was sure. my runner-up. Um, I didn't know too much about octopi. Until uh, Octopi Wall Street. It's, yeah. Uh, until Laura started getting kind of, she watched a video on YouTube about them or something, and then she kind of like went on this weird uh, voyage where she was looking up all these videos and all this stuff about octopus uh, life and how they how they do stuff, and it was really weird. Some of the stuff she found. Um, there was this one where this video where this octopus escapes from. This, yeah. this like I don't like a two inch by two inch hole. What? A little, just the tiniest little thing, and it's like on a fishing boat. And the guy says, "Watch that! This this 
you know, this huge six foot octopus is going to push himself through that hole. And sure enough, it goes through like tentacle by tentacle and worms its way through that tiny little hole. What like, about the head? It like, you know, kind of like pushed itself in through a little bit and just found its way out and then got out. They can escape basically anywhere. And they're highly intelligent. Sweet Moses. Uh, I, she showed me this other video where this guy is like a caretaker at an aquarium for the octopus. And it was basically like, and it was like, oh, he's, he's, uh, he's, t- he's, He's tasting me right now to figure out who I am. So he's, he's, he knows who I am by how I, you know, like how I taste or whatever. And it kept like, you know, like trying to get, and he'd like have to pull him, pull, you know, pull it off and everything. Um, Dale, come yeah. on, not now. And so uh, it's pretty, I, mean, I don't, they're pretty wild. I've never seen one. I don't think I've seen one in actual real life anywhere, but. They're, they're pretty savage too, right? Like they'll, they, I feel like they, they will just eat thing like nothing's really safe around them either i don't like, really know how they i don't know what they're what they're uh eating scenario maybe is. maybe it was uh what's the planet or not planet earth gosh it's a c1 do you know what i'm talking about um um so david attenborough out right. narrated bbc whatever ocean yeah. ocean one they have i watched one Ocean's on octopus 11. yeah, yeah ocean's 11 yeah yeah right. that's what it is <laughs> okay yeah and they robbed some stuff yeah yeah, they're really smart, these yeah. octopus. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I mean, I remember what, but they're, yeah, they're mean. They're kind of, you know, jerks, Brian. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm surprised you, well, this is this is the path you've taken. You know, sometimes Sneaky, you gotta, sometimes you gotta go in a different direction Calculating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's true. So, so, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I just find them very interesting. Uh, you know, I could, I could also be a dolphin. There you go. Yeah. Smart animals. Smart animals swimming around. They seem to be enjoying themselves. You know? Yeah, they don't have a care in a relational. Yeah. So that you know, I can do that too. One sea otters, otters, they look like they're fun. Yeah, I, I you know I have seen one of those um, on a Christmas special actually. <laughs> um, strangely enough, there you know there one of the otters Emmett did otter. have an Emmett otter. Yeah, yeah. You, you know Emmett. Yeah. Um, he had a Christmas special that that's really good. He's got a band, right? Yeah, he's got a jug band. That's what I thought. Um, yeah. So anyway. Uh, so yeah, there's a, there's a whole lot of sea creatures out there. There are. I think with the gooey ducks, the thing that I took away from that was like I felt like, um, you know, whoever cre- like whoever created civilization, you know, had a little bit too much to drink, and they're like, right. oh, let's create this. No, no, thing. it's a mollusk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I had to have some sense of humor going. I, I tell you, who had a sense of humor is the guy who like saw it one day and was like, you know what? I'm gonna fry this thing up. Let's see what it tastes like. Oh man! <laughs> Just the cutting of the. No, 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 no. I don't know about that. Okay, well, uh, all right, Glenn. We'll say so you would be a jellyfish. I would be an octopus. Um, it would be like the best of friends. You, you could be both be floating in the sea. Hey, Brian. Yeah. You spray some ink on me. Yeah, exactly. Or is that a squid? I think that might be. I don't know the difference between a squid and an octopus. I guess if I'm going to be one, I should figure this out. I don't know. I feel like a well, maybe it was a squid. That's like they're kind of mm. a holes. I'm not sure. I don't know. Well, anyway, I don't trust either of them. Yeah. All right, Glenn. Well, um, we've got that figured out. Uh, okay. Well, that was a question from the gentleman mailbag, and that was episode number 123. Mm. Um, Thanks, everybody out there, for listening to episode number 123. We will be back in two weeks for episode 124. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, please listen to all previous 122 episodes of the Gentleman Podcast before you go on to episode 124. Yes. Um, we've already established it's very much like Star Wars. It's got a whole story, and you can't jump around, and you've got to listen to all episodes. So, uh, Long story short, yeah. just go listen to everything. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, I am Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you two weeks for episode 124. Good night. Adios, muchachos.